Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the Porter Pickups Tonecast. This is episode 27, and we're definitely excited to be talking to you guys. We're taking a little bit of a break. I think we kind of had our longest streak of interviews we've ever done in the last month or so, and we're going to be uh, just taking a break for this episode to talk about humbuckers, everything about humbuckers, and also a little bit of, uh, just a little bit of kind of some questions that we've been getting pretty regularly that we thought we'd just kind of brush over and kind of sort out. So Brian, what's going on? Hey, Derek. How's it going? How's it going? That's the. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have shirts eventually one day that say "How's it going?" I'm on really excited about that. Just I'm, your face. I'm just like. I'm so. <laughs> I'm so lame in my response, and and even you know, ironically, uh, I had a phone call yesterday, and someone said, "Hey, Brian." I'm like, "Hey, how's it going?" And then and I was like, having podcast catching yourself every podcast. Time. Yeah, flashback. So if you ever like meet me at a show or something like that, um, just. Just make fun of me if I say how's it really? going. There we go. That's how we'll really know a true yeah. pickup because follower. you because it's kind of like a weird response because you ask me how I'm doing and then I ask you back how's it going. So there's never really it's like fine. a I never really answer the question. I kind of just dodge it and throw it back at you. So that's fine. I apologize for that. That's okay. I am doing well. We're sitting in the middle of the office, which is in the beginning stages of being torn down. Yes, which is you know kind of cool, kind of crazy. The shop is in disarray right now, and we're just <laughs> desperately trying to cling to our work while also yes get rid of everything non essential. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're moving uh, shops at the end of this month, which will be uh, June first. We'll be hopefully in the new place. We're very excited about the new place. We have uh, room. We have a big showroom. We have a a pickup assembly production area, it's offices, and then also we're expanding to um, incorporate the guitars in into that as well. So we're going to be building the guitar shop, moving the pickup shop. And yeah, so no more gluing necks in the break room. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, so as we took on this like guitar concept, uh, we, we have had to really maximize the space here in the shop and in our, our shop currently used to be a doctor's office or dentist office or something. So there's a sink in every room. It's very random, very small little rooms scattered throughout the overall space. Yeah. So it doesn't feel very big, even though the square footage isn't too bad. It's just we've had to make r- each of these tiny little rooms work, yeah. work for like three different parts of the operation. So, yep. <laughs> you know, this is a totally random thought, but I told someone the other day that there's a sink in every room, and they said, "Oh man, that sounds really awesome. Like it would be really useful." And I'm like, you know, I can't say that we've like ever used more than the bathroom sink. No, nope. like, <laughs> and it's just it takes up you know a whole corner of yeah. every single small room. <laughs> They were like, man, I could put a storage like, closet there or something. I'm, yeah, you know? if I'm going to go wash out my mug, I still go all the way to the bathroom. I've never <laughs> used one of these things. I think they just scare me. The yeah. other day, I think I literally asked you if one of them worked. Yeah, yeah. That's Yeah, that's <laughs> true. And, and, and we had to do, as part of our business change and all that stuff, we had to make sure we have an eyewash station, you know, in case something goes wrong. And It was already covered. We have an eyewash station, so I was pretty happy about that because... You had to basically go and like buy an eyewash <laughs> yeah. station as we switched over business structure and and all this stuff and and I was thinking, man, I like I don't want to buy an eyewash station, you know, like I'd rather <laughs> buy some more pickup parts or a soldering iron or something like that, you know. We so. should probably make sure that the other shop has an eyewash station now that you know we're thinking about it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, 
now you got me worrying. About the, maybe we can steal our eyewash station there from this place and, and transfer it over to there. We'll see how transferable it is. <laughs> exactly. Well, before we you know get going on our humbucker stock it topic, as always, um, if you guys aren't, please go follow us on Instagram, Porter Pickups, Porter Guitars, as well as Facebook. You can check out our websites, Porter Pickups or PorterGuitars.com. Um, and you can also join up on Facebook, the Porter Pickups Tone Community. A lot of times we like to have conversations with people there or we'll kind of put out some extras and just keep people more in touch with what's going on in the shop there. Um, but yeah, please go follow those places and feel free to, you know, ask questions, engage, do, um, if you have any questions for us, find us anywhere. We usually answer. (laughs) Yeah. questions on any site if we can figure out how to get the notifications <laughs> to work. <laughs> so yeah, let's just head straight into our topic. We're going to kind of just cover a little bit about humbuckers in general, which is a great subject. I know I've not had a lot of experience with them until I worked here, and so it's nice to kind of get <clears throat> get to understand them a little more, and the more I understand them, the more... I feel like I didn't understand them when I decided that I didn't like them a long time ago. (laughs) Sure. So I think one of the first things that we'll do, one of the first questions we'll talk about is a question that I've gotten quite often. Um, But Brian, why do we have so many models of humbuckers? And by so many, I mean probably eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah. We've got, we've got quite a few different ones. Um, we won't talk, I'll just interject this here, yeah. we won't talk too much about the anthems because we do have a past show just specifically Absolutely. to the anthem PAF. So you can go back, back. I don't remember what show that was, but check back through the archives and uh, listen to that one specifically on yeah. the anthems. But to answer the question, um, we're always looking for, um, you know, we have this tagline, pickups with a purpose, <laughs> and we've mentioned it before in other shows, um, other model shows and things like that, where if we make something we really want to fit into a need whether it's a stylistic need or it's you know a tribute kind of set like the anthems um we always want to have a set that will do what we say it will do and we design it in mind with that so mm-hmm. so really as as needs have come up that's how models have been developed we started with our standard line we kind of call it the standard line we don't really mention that anywhere on the site but it was the smooth, classic, clear, and overdrive were kind yeah. of our flagship first four humbuckers. That's kind of, I tell people with those four, it's almost like you want to consider that one sort of set on its own mm-hmm. because it is, it's the same set of parameters that we're winding and the same general idea of assembly. Um, kind of how do they, what, what differentiates the four and kind of how do you find the blend and how do we kind of pair them up? Sure. Yeah. So what we do with those is all those, um, the necks and the bridges are built, um, opposite of each other. So you can, you can mix and match any of those four models. Uh, most popular is the, the smooth neck and the classic bridges are our, our most popular humbucker set by far. Um, and that's, that just seems to cover most ground. I call it kind of like our neutral set, which makes it sound really boring, but it's not. It works in almost any guitar. And so, yeah. So really with those is is we decided to um, focus on the magnets in the pickup. So each of the winds are a little bit different between neck and bridge position. When you get into the overdrive or the clear, we use a smaller gauge wire, so it's a hotter wind you know, in the 10, 11, 12K range for a bridge humbucker on the class or the clear or the overdrive. And then the uh, neck winds are standard, you know, kind of in the 7 to 8K range typically. 
depending on you know tension and the spools and and things like that. So sure. really, what we wanted to do is, and this has helped us in production, but also just in des- delivering the consistent results, is making sure that we have uh, you know we have similar wines between each of those sets, but then the magnet changes, and that that creates the different flavors. It's almost almost like you're putting the you know the last little bit of flavor on top of the pickup. We know sure. we know we like the wines that we use in there. And then as you add the magnet, it kind of tweaks the EQ of the pickup a little bit. And a little bit of gain as well, right? Not yeah, too much. Yeah. But... So like if you on the on the overdrive, if you're using the Alnico eight, that's the strongest magnet um of the Alnicos that we offer. And so that's going to push your amp faster and that's going to just have just a tighter response. Yeah. Whereas if you Use we you know the Alnico two we call it our smooth pickup because it's got a lower in focus not as many upper highs yeah more, more kind of sits in the mid to low range uh, tonally and so yeah. so it's really to me it's it's kind of back to my my practical approach when I first started it was like how can I make something that fits into these different pockets of needs you know and I hear a player yeah. I hear a player is like man I would just really like to have like a high output pickup that's not like ear piercing. And so that was the overdrive pickup that was mm-hmm. born because of that. You know, so the little things like that and yeah. really when you go, you know, the, we've mentioned it before, but when you go and fill out your your pickup chooser on the site either on the contact page or the homepage, you can get a recommendation from us about and here's my setup, here's the gear, here's you know, I have a dual humbucker guitar and we'll often steer people in different, you know, different yeah. directions based on that. So maybe speak a little bit to like, I know a lot of times if we're um, helping people choose pickups, we'll choose for the neck, we'll choose kind of the softer and then the bridge will be the next step up. So like smooth classic, like you said, is our most popular kind of set, the smooth and the neck classic and the bridge. But I also know we do like a lot of classic clears where mm-hmm. the classic goes in the neck, the clear goes into the bridge. Can you talk a little bit about why we like to pair them that way rather than just saying, like, I want a classic set with just yeah, the two classics? Which, you know, the classic, like, all the same set of one type is definitely good. And sure. just as over the last like, couple of years, I've been leaning towards versatility because, mm-hmm. you know, for one, we have so many different models within each pickup type. And it's like, why not have two different magnets in your pickups and even if you have a three-way position, you've got some cool stuff happening in the middle when you're mixing two different magnets, two different wines. They're not exactly the same. There's more output on one versus the other. I think it allows you to adjust pickup heights according you know, according to what is best for you. We'll talk about sure. pickup heights a little later, but like it it just it just means that when you take, you know, you take your pickup and you take your set, you can you can dial it in to what you like. You know, we have the classic clear in the shop strat, and yeah. it really sounds good for that guitar. Mm-hmm. Whereas we we probably wouldn't have thought it that would be like a set that would work well in a strat, but it does, and it yeah. sounds good split too, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, for someone who maybe is uh, either they haven't played humbuckers ever before, or Maybe they played humbuckers once and just really couldn't get it, and they're in the single coil thing. You know, not that they need a humbucker set, but maybe let's talk a little bit about why you should consider trying them again, and maybe even you know if you are frustrated with them. We have a couple questions here that we can kind of lead out of this, but just kind of talking about you know what we could do to sort of 
um, help if you want to give pickups another, you know, give homebuckers another try, some tips and that kind of stuff. But let's start with just kind of maybe why are the humbuckers something that you should consider? Yeah. You know, I mean, right off the bat, obviously the hum canceling is a huge deal. Yeah. Um, if, if you're on stage and you don't want a lot of noise, like that's totally the, the best type of pickup to use. Um, I'm a side note, I'm not really a fan of like a lot of the stacked or the hum canceling single coil pickups just yeah. because they kind of lose the lose the magic of their original sparkle. Yeah. Original intent. But that's really, I think, I think the way that we approach the wind is, um, is worth considering. Yeah. Because we do a lot of stuff where it's like, if we understand like in a, you know, say you have a Les Paul and it's super muddy, which a lot of Les Paul's kind of mad territory just right there, you know? And so we, we do a lot of stuff where I, I really believe in like a lower wind, pickup especially in the neck um i I think that's Mm -hmm. like kind of why we keep all of our pickups around that like seven to mid 7k range because you can't add in like you can't add in the highs later on you know you have tone knobs on your guitar for a reason and so if you start with a more not hi-fi but you know a a more Mm -hmm. clear pickup and a more like dynamic type like response with the pickup You can always add in that tone knob to to darken it up, um, but if it's muddy, and then why would you ever touch your tone knob if your pickup is already muddy? And so that's kind of <laughs> the that's why I think um, for those maybe that haven't liked their stock pickups or have tried some different ones, I think you know that's not necessarily like as a, just a straight comparison, but that's what yeah. a lot of people have given us feedback and saying, "Wow, this really." This really is like awesome compared to what I had because yeah I feel like I I can hear my guitar now my guitar can breathe for lack of a better term but <laughs> it's it's got more life and, and and I've always just felt like that's that's to me like one of our good approaches to to building pickups is is like you know how can we get the most out of a guitar and and that's like the smooth classic I feel like it covers those ranges because of the low wind nature of it but sure. you're still getting a broad dynamic out of it at the same time. Well, and I think that was one of the reasons I struggled with humbuckers so much is I, I don't know that I ever played anything all that fancy, but unfortunately out there, I think that there's so many guitar manufacturers that are using, you know, whether it's imports or whatever, talking about big guitar manufacturers and stuff. And those humbuckers are, they're just kind of muddy. And I just think that there's a lot of kind of nasty sets of humbuckers in the world, you know? <laughs> And that's definitely something, as I've been working here, it's like I had plenty of experience with humbuckers, but as I started playing more of our sets and kind of getting into what works best for me, you know, like one thing that I found was our um, Portertrons, the humbucker-sized Filtertron-style pickup, was something that really um, jumped out to me a lot because it has that tighter focus and it's kind of hi-fi sound um, and it just worked really, really well for what I was already kind of playing. Um, but a big part of it is also kind of, um, uh, how you set your amp up. I think, you know, a big part of it is if you've been playing tellies forever and you've got your sound dialed in on your fender basement or whatever, you're probably going to have to pull some low end out of it to because the, yeah. the humbuckers are really so is there anything else like as far as setting up your amp and that kind of stuff what do you think kind of 
EQ wise gets the best out of a humbucker set. Yeah, I really think you know it ties into a lot of different things. We we briefly said stuff about pickup height. I really think there's so many things hidden in your average humbucker that even even off the shelf stuff that you can really sit there and play with the height. You know, I I personally like the neck pickup backed off like more than anyone else would say is an appropriate factory setting. Yeah. I like it down pretty far. I mean, I'm talking like a quarter inch or more, uh, which is crazy for some people. Um, but then I like the bridge pickup way up next to the strings, and yeah. so that gives us that gives you a cool range, especially if you have a guitar that's got a really boomy, like sonically, it's very boomy mm-hmm. in the neck position. And so when you have a humbucker, that's going to be what is that that muddy part of our part of the equation. And then when you're running through an amp, you know. Trying to figure out, you know, humbuckers will push your amp a little quicker quicker than single coils. You're going to have uh, issues with, you know, how much EQ do you have on your amp? You know, you're probably sure. going to want to boost the the treble, maybe boost the mids and lower the bass if if you just feel like it's, you know, too flubby or too dark. Yeah. You know, you that's that's really like that magic balance and and I think you know. As as you experiment, like we do encourage people to experiment. We always we never list pickup heights on our website because we want people to yeah. just be like, Hey, I'll take a screwdriver and start messing with pole pieces and yeah. and all that. And that really I like I feel like even I've had people that have been interested in humbuckers and they're like, you know, they'll say, Yeah, I I uh I really wanna get a new set from you, but you know, I'll, I'll send them a message and say, well, let's try this yeah. with what you have. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I didn't know I had that there, you know? So. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think the other thing for me is I feel like humbuckers do even affect your play style a little bit. I, I think my general, um, what I've noticed from it compared to like playing my Telecaster or something like that is that they're more consistent dynamically than single coils so like even if i back off my strumming a little bit it doesn't give quite as much dynamic range as a single coil can and i think that that has its pros and cons but it definitely just affects the way that you play right you know so that's kind of another thing to consider is that it has different applications i think and there's some great applications for that particular idea but there's also, if you're very used to single coils and you just can't get used to them because of that, maybe consider, you know, just playing with them a little longer and getting used to the dynamic feel of the pickup and stuff. Yeah, because I, I think, you know, personally, I started out, I think my f- first two guitars, well, I did have an HSS guitar to start off with. So I had the two singles and the humbucker. And then I remember getting a Strat um, soon after that, which was... You know, just the three standard three single coils, yeah. and and I was the, I was living in that world for a while, and then right after a couple of years after that, I got a dual humbucker guitar, and so I was like, oh, this is really cool. I have like kind of have my own like new sound, yeah, out of it. But it was it was a bit of a transition. It was a bit of like, okay, now what do I do? Yeah, you know, do I do I you like got to figure get, out a new way to use pedals yeah, and definitely. a new way to drive your amp and all sorts of stuff. Let's talk a little bit, you know, um, about, I mean, this almost feels wrong because we're going to move out of humbucker territory, (laughs) but let's talk about, we offer a few different models and lines that are humbucker replacements, drop-in replacements that are humbucker sized. 
but aren't anywhere near traditional humbuckers. So let's talk a little bit about that, starting probably with the H90 set. Yeah, yeah. So if you go to our site, um, you're going to see under products, you'll see you know, humbucker and humbucker size pickup. So this big, massive category that's got all the humbuckers, and then there's these other other pickups the others <laughs> the others <laughs> which which they are kind of you know an expansion of that earlier idea that we had which is you know how do we fit you know like you said we're kind of going backwards but how do we if they've got the humbucker guitar how can we put something in there that gives them more of a single coil snap or more of an interesting yeah. new dynamic flavor and so with like the H90s we offer those in a couple different variations single coil design p90 design in the humbucker case we also offer an h90 alnico which really have like people have kind of started getting more recently they've they've really understood like kind of what we went for with that and and they are basically like the true single coil strat design so alnico rods with a with a coil around it and that gives you kind of the pseudo single coil jazz mastery sound in your humbucker guitar and then what people have done back to the versatility thing is they've started to put like an H90 neck with a classic humbucker in the bridge. And so now you have a single coil into a humbucker in your dual humbucker setup guitar. So we've we've realized now that like that has even like exploded our tonal palette to yeah. where it's like some people are like, I don't even know what to do now because we do have some of those other options. I mean, we've got, you know, we've got the Portertron and the smooth humbucker in the shop SG, you know, that's it's a like, weird combination, but it kind of works. Yeah, it it's works strange. great. And so it's, it's cool because you can kind of satisfy the need for like the look, if you want to do the open top and more yeah. fancy looking things. We also have, you know, we mentioned the Portatron. We have the WRH, which is, mm-hmm. um, our wide range humbucker design shrunk down into the, the actual humbucker size. So we have the full size wide range down to the, the small size. And that's a, that's a cool pickup. We talked about it, I think, in the wide range show yeah. a little bit, but uh, it's Alnico rod magnets wired up as a humbucker. We do a taller coil, which is the 20, 25% overwind over the standard like classic humbucker mm-hmm. set. So that's a really cool, unique, big, chimey, snappy sound without getting into like some of the muddiness of the humbucker, even though it's overwound yeah. and all that. It, it kind of sits in a cool spot. So Definitely. I think the the wide range humbuckers have actually become one of my favorite sets just because they really are it feels like they're about as wide EQ wise as you could go. Um I don't know. They just really get a broad range of tones. I love those things. Yeah, and it's funny with them because when we started out trying to do the wide ranges, it was always like let's not do what the old ones did. You know, let's make our own yeah. take. Uh, we cut the bobbins in house and do all that stuff, and so those really have become. You know, people will see them and they'll see the full size version, or they'll see the humbucker size version. Oh, cool! There's the wide range. It's probably just you know a screw coil with a couple yeah. extra you know screws exposed or whatever. And it's not. <laughs> it's actually you know it's very thoughtful, like thought through yeah. design and dynamics, and and people. I think that we had some guy, I think it was on Instagram, he was playing one of those in one of our builders, uh, Shelton guitar, and he was like, man, these are so cool. They're so different. There's something about them that's just not like the regular wide ranges. And it's it's almost like he didn't 
he didn't understand what was under the hood. So we started yeah. talking about it, and he's like, "Oh wow, that's really, that's really cool. That's cool what you did there." And you know, that was one of the first, you know, in terms of just straight humbucker designs, it was it was less like let's try to replicate something. It was more like let's yeah. let's forge a little let's bit of a something. new territory. Totally, and see what you know, see what happens. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about string spacing because that's something that I still don't I mean I, I understand the theory of it but how much does sp- string spacing really matter at the end of the day yeah it's um, a lot of times you know we really do a lot of like 50 millimeter string spacing on a lot of our humbucker sets it pretty much covers most of your standard stuff um, we have a long leg anthem base plates which are 49.2 spacing so it's very it's the E to E spacing, so it's very it's very close. Um, sure. Typically, you know, some guys it's like both it's both visual and practical. You know, they want to see the strings mm-hmm. lined up exactly over the pole pieces, and you're going to get the best sound uh, as it's there. You're going to get the pickup kind of as it's intended if it's closer to the to the spacing. And then on the HSS, like a strap bridge pickup, anything with a trim, we call it F space. Um, that's fifty three millimeters. So. It, just a wider spacing on the on the poles, um, and that lines up, you know, typically with those wider trim bridges. It'll line up a little bit better there. Yeah. Um, but you're not you're not going to lose as much. I mean, I don't think it's this is my personal opinion, but you're not losing a ton. I like to get it as close as I can, knowing, yeah. especially if we do an HSS loaded pit guard, we always yeah. do a 53 spaced bridge on it, just because I know that. That's going to give you like the absolute best, but it's not like a fifty millimeter spacing yeah. that would go in there. Given I think on our guitars, you know, we're pushing a little over fifty millimeter spacing on the bridge, but we use a fifty, you know, yeah, a fifty humbucker there. So, on like the difference between forty nine point two and fifty, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, crazy. It's, it's very small, <laughs> and that and that's one of those like. You know, that's one of those like pickup things where it's like, oh, it's got, it's a PAF, it's got to be this yeah. spacing, and it, if it's not, then it's not authentic. And so, we don't really subscribe to that mentality a lot of times. And in yeah. fact, we're changing some things in the shop that that are getting away from some of that, like mm-hmm. you know, somewhat myth and somewhat legend kind of stuff, <laughs> where it's it's like, how can we sure. just deliver the product and the tone as opposed to like, you know, are your pull pieces this exact comp- compensate or composition yeah. sorry about that of, <laughs> of materials and and so that's that's kind of you know again back to like the, the practical approach philosophy is like what are we trying to do what kind of guitars are these going in how can we mm-hmm. deliver that absolutely and i think kind of the last thing to talk about humbucker wise is we offer both a four conductor and then a metal braided like two wire system. Um, why, what makes that choice? Um, and then like for a lot of our stuff, four conductor comes standard. So maybe just talk a little bit about why you'd want to go with the braided or, sure. you know. Yeah. The, I mean, so the braided is again, is kind of back to that traditional style. Some people like, I mean, I like the way that it installs in a guitar. You just push back the braid, you ground the braid and your inner is hot and you're done. Uh, obviously, if you're doing coil splits or phase or anything like that, you've got to have the four conductor wire. So, a lot of the newer guitars um, are not only coming with the PCV boards, but they're, yeah. they're coming, you know, with push pulls already installed and things like that. So, we kind of made the decision a long time ago just to make the standard stuff just have the four wire, and you know, it's real easy with with that. You just tape off the 
the ends of each of the coils. The green and white is our colors, but tape those off. You don't have to worry about that as if you just want a stand, standard full humbucker mm. um, dynamic. But it gives you the option to add a push-pull later to split yeah. it or things like that. So I always like to have that versatility. And and if you start out with the braid, you can't you can go back, but it's it's a pain. You could send your humbuckers back sure. in. And we've done that before. We've had to convert them over uh, for customers who ordered them one way or the other. And it does. I mean, it's it's not hard because we've done it a bunch of times. But it, we basically have to rebuild almost the outsides yeah. of the pickup because we've got to get back in there and, and connect the wire. So totally. Uh, some people like the four conductor because it doesn't. The whole outside is not the ground essentially so like on the braided the whole outside is the ground so yeah if you run your braid into your guitar cavity and it touches the Open hot ass. of the volume pot or something like that it's going to short out the whole thing sure. so there's stuff to consider with that um, and you know i don't necessarily have a personal favorite i think they both have advantages and disadvantages but that's kind of i guess why we do it that way yeah very cool well that kind of wraps up the humbucker talk a little bit. If you guys have any more questions, like I said, find us on social media. Find us on our website. You can ask questions just about anywhere. You can send off emails. But we'd love to continue this conversation with you. Let's move on to some just frequently asked questions. We, uh, I think one of the biggest things I wanted to shift over to the guitar side of the business for a little bit just because – as we've just gotten the guitar company up and running and that kind of stuff, there's been some questions. And, um, yeah, so we'll just take a second to kind of address them as a whole. But one of the big things is, uh, you know, one of the biggest questions that we've been asked is, who's building your bodies and your necks? <laughs> Which I was actually genuinely surprised the first couple of times I got it. But I get it. It's it's something that in today's market I think it it's taken for granted a little bit. Um so Brian, who's who's building our <laughs> guitars and necks? Uh, well, we are is the short answer. But, <laughs> uh, we it's funny that you mentioned that as like one of the questions because we still get it even yeah. even as oh, we've, absolutely. we've driven around the last uh, you know flown around and tried to show these guitars to people and and this is really cool. So where are you getting your necks from? Where are you getting your bodies from? And and even during the development, I showed it to some industry friends and they're like, man, that's really cool. Who's doing this? And and so it kind of like. Early on in the development, we said we want to build, we want to build the bodies and we want to build the necks. Yeah. And it's just kind of one of those things, like you mentioned, the industry stuff, where it's not a bad way to set up a business and having other people or contract people building your bodies and necks. Um, it's but it's always just been like something. Um, not that it's like we're we have more integrity necessarily. It's just one of those yeah. things where it's just a value of ours to to say like we do really build this. Um, we. We sit there and we pick out the woods and we do all that. So that was, for us, that's part of the process. And we feel like that's part of the value that's added into our instruments is that we are, we really are building them. And so, yeah, so yeah, long story short, we, you know, we go down to the uh, wood shop here locally and pick out almost all the woods for every guitar. We buy them in raw lumber and then yep. they get CNC cut by one of our guys. And then we move through the process of sanding and, trust rod installation frets and all that stuff so we we definitely if you look on the website i think there's some some short videos kind of yeah of us building guitars and you can follow the instagram as well kind yeah. of see that oh yeah we really well, did. i think pretty soon here we're going to be putting out a lot more content focused around our build process definitely. and that kind of stuff so. yeah and that's part of the you know it's part of what we're doing right now is we're moving the shop and so that we can 
you know, we have a very scattered system, like we're building them, but this very like, like you the know, next being glued in the break room. Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> next being glued in the break room. And then, you know, us clearing off the repair bench so we can put frets in and things like that. So what we're doing is continuing just to refine that process and, and get more things seamless in the shop. You know, yeah. it includes adding more equipment and, and all that too. So we, we have a big uphill challenge, you know, to that, but Again, it's just part of our our process, and just really, really being able to control that and to to build a good instrument that way. Absolutely. Well, the the second question that I've gotten quite often, um, well, maybe not quite often. This one's been a little bit more recently. But when are we starting to take orders? Because <laughs> we have the virtual builder up on the website, and there's a get quote button there. Um, but I think you know, being just new to the launch and that kind of stuff. I think a lot of people are still kind of seeing us in like maybe a pre-production phase or something like that. So I, I just wanted to take a second to clarify that we totally are taking orders right now. We're actually through um, about halfway through the process with a couple of our customers and um, still kind of rolling and, and getting the production mastered, but we are, at that point where we're putting out, you know, great products that we believe in. And we've got three shop guitars hanging up on the wall now that we've kind of perfected our process with. I shouldn't say perfected because it probably takes more than, you know, <laughs> there's guitar makers out there that are like 30 years into it. They're like, it's not perfected yet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're taking orders. And so, you know, if you have any questions about that, Feel free to, you know, fill out our builder, send in info, or just email us. Um, but, yeah, we're we're on the train, and we're starting to move this. So, absolutely. And then the kind of final one, and this might be a little bit of a longer answer and a longer question, but we've gotten a lot of questions from people on um, why we don't have more options in the first guitar. Um We've kind of been really purposeful with saying, "Hey, we're you know, we're gonna do a hardtail bridge, and that's just what it is, and we're gonna do this neck carve, and that's what it is." So, Brian, maybe speak a little bit to why we decided to go that route rather than a full custom build. Yeah. So, so moment of honesty, like we work with a lot of guitar builders uh, that we sell the pickups to, and I've I've listened to uh, some of their complaints and some of the things that they've wish they didn't agree to and things like that. So those are all kind of in those, those are taken into consideration with this guitar. So we wanted to control um, the process from start to finish. We wanted to make sure that we could like really quality, you know, control every part of it. So we want to be able to produce a really good neck, a really straight neck, really good fret work, really good nut, good electronics. And so we decided to stick with, uh, set specs, you know, and, and some of it is, you know, you mentioned it's going to be a long answer. So it kind of, it kind of will be because, <laughs> um, you know, this is just so, sort of our philosophy and yeah. I think it's kind of explained on the site, but I'm happy to kind of go deeper on it. And, um, <clears throat> one of the things that we look at is like, how can, you know, in the pickup shop is we've, we've taken a really hard look at production and how can we build these pickups efficiently? How can we fill people's orders in a timely manner, so they're not waiting four weeks for a set of humbuckers. And so we put some of those elements into the guitars where it's like, this is the body. 
this is the neck, this is the carve. Um, so we can we can set the CNC programs to cut out exactly what we need roughed out, and then we we finish hand carving the neck from there, doing the frets and all that stuff. So it's it allows us to think production minded on a custom shop instrument, if that makes sense. So our sure. our quality is always going to be very high because of the way that we build them. And then the consistency will be good because we know exactly what it takes from, you know, when we buy a raw lumber to sending it out the door. And that's, you know, even still there's stuff that we're going to be addressing with the new shop that we're going to cut down on some of the lead times. But I've, I've seen the horror stories of, Hey, I ordered a custom guitar and it was, you know, quoted at four to six months and it's been a year and a half and I don't have it yet. And, and I think, you know, I get the fact that people are going to want other types of of accessories or whatever it might be or yeah, trim or anything absolutely. on their guitar. But if we don't consider the customer and their and their wants and their needs, and um, then we're we're possibly going to shoot ourselves in the foot down the road. So if I yeah. if we launch with six different versions of the Croesus, uh, then <laughs> it's like oh no, you know <laughs> now we've got to do six neck carves and like all the fret sizes. And then we understood from the beginning, even right now, we're building our first custom version of it with all black limba, a very cool guitar, but it fits within our boundaries of production. So it's the same body. It's just a different wood. It's the same neck carve. It's just a different wood. And so now we're able to take these guitars and make them completely customizable. And obviously when you get down to the pickup swapping system, that's universal between any of the guitars that we're going to make. And so you... You can buy a white Croesus with rosewood board, but you still have seven different pickup configurations sure, that you can put yeah. into it. But our pickup route for those pick guards is not changing. So it's just a matter of programming the actual pickup configuration. So yeah. we're, we're treating the electronics portion of, of the guitar as the most customizable, obviously the most customizable portion. But then we're, we're just trying to focus on, you know, he's been impacted by really solid instruments. You know, those in- instruments you pick up and you're like, man, this just plays yeah, like amazing. And, and that's, that's kind of the philosophy that we've started with. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, it's like, this is, especially as we get established in the industry and that kind of stuff. And as we're taking sort of our first whack at guitars and that kind of stuff, I think that that definitely is kind of where we landed with it because, you know, we didn't want to get in that position of someone saying, oh, well, I want a skinny V neck. And none of, like, you know, I've never played a skinny V neck guitar before. Yeah. And so, I, you know, and I think we didn't want to get in the position of saying, you know, that we'll figure that out and hopefully it'll turn out good. You know, we're coming, <laughs> you know, we're coming yeah. to this launch having built a couple guitars and just knowing, okay, this is an extremely solid instrument. I would stand behind this any day. And that was really important to us to know that, you know, we were going to be able to stand behind the product no matter what we're sending out the door. Yeah. And I think too is, is some of it is like, you know, we decided to do our own body shape, headstock shape, things like that. And, you know, I, I think it's funny cause I think we've like the traditionalists are like, Oh, that's not this. It's not that. And, you know, but then the people who see it and kind of get the function, they're like, "Oh, this is kind of cool. It has its own vibe." And so, again, with our even with our pickups, it's like, how can we put something out there that's really good, that's kind of like kind of no nonsense in a way, 
where it's just like this yeah. is what it is. We would think of it like a good utility guitar, like you use it in the studio last week, just kind of, man, this is really like it's got some really cool areas that it can yeah. go. And and so we're we're excited to see, you know, kind of how that is received and, and it's been great, like positive stuff, you know, as we've got out in front of people and and we're excited for, you know, kind of the future of that concept for sure. Absolutely. Well, the only last one I really had on here was about pickup heights, and we touched on that in in the humbucker portion of it. But you know, I think I think the general consensus around here is as maddening as it can be to ask where should I put my pickups, and for to have one of us say, "I don't know, just try different stuff." <laughs> it really is, you know. I, um, I had never messed around with setting really low neck heights before, but when I came here, like that's what Brian's all about with a lot of stuff. <laughs> and so I started trying it, and it's amazing what it does. But seriously, just go to the extremes sometime. You know, just wrench it down so far that <laughs> it's barely even poking out of the pit guard or whatever. But try it out. See, you know, and when you say, oh, I don't like that, well, then move it all the way up and see what happens. But you're going to notice. You know, so like for a neck pickup, you're going to notice increased bass response, that kind of stuff. And then when you know sort of what those adjustments do, well, then you can find where it is. Yeah. And so I think it's the same with pole pieces. It's the same with everything else. Just kind of start experimenting so that you know not only what works best for you in that one position, but you know, hey, if I'm struggling with bass response on this pickup, this is what I need to do to it. You Definitely. Know? And it's like just little things like – if you do set your bridge really high and you always find yourself going to your bridge for like your leads or your solo solo work, it's like you automatically have like this built-in boost essentially in your guitar just because of pickup yeah. heights. So maybe you don't need to buy a boost pedal. You just need to adjust the, the height of your bridge pickup. And you know when you're playing rhythm in the middle or the neck and then the lead part comes, you just hit it down there and you, you have the volume, you have yeah. the power that you need. And so... Again, like you're saying, just we always say, you know, and I hope it doesn't come across like like we're just jerks or something, but we always say like just try it, you know, just experiment. Yeah. And I think people, you know, oftentimes I've found people aren't they haven't really thought about experimenting. They're just yeah. like, Oh, something's wrong, I need new gear. And it's not necessarily the case, you know, and like we've learned that enough with our pedals and guitars that we've bought in the past where yeah. it's like, you know, oh man, I wish I would have kept that pedal because now I see what I missed out of, you know, sure. just not messing with the knobs a little bit longer or whatever it might be. So, <laughs> well, and you're talking to a bunch of tinkerers here. I think we're all drawn into this in, like into this business and into this industry by that commonality of loving to tinker with things. And I know for me, my approach on everything, you know, whether it's a pedal, whether it's an amp, whether it's, you know, any new piece of gear or guitar, especially has always been, I don't want to just know what it does right here and right now. I want to know what all the components do and the full range of what they do because then you can problem-solve these different things. So, you know, just get familiar with your guitars. Open up a guitar when you get a chance and check out the wiring and that kind of stuff and maybe Google why it works the way it works. And yeah. Because sometimes, you know, it's like, <laughs> there's stuff like pickup height, there's stuff like wires. You know, if you're having problems with your guitar, maybe it's a pot issue. Maybe you'll open it up and realize, oh my gosh, these are like 
the cheapest Chinese pots that have ever been manufactured in the history of guitar. <laughs> and maybe that'll open up some new capabilities for you. Or we were just talking to someone the other day who owned a telly and had a had a cap installed because it was just way too bright. And so there's little mods like that that you can do, but you can only do them if you understand how the guitar itself works. So I think that's kind of our...